0: Holy One, we acknowledge the loneliness of fear, the invisibility of the next step, the yearning for presence. We thank you for the glimpses we catch of your gift of the depths of joy. Even in the midst of fear, of challenge, of struggle, even when we are not sure of your presence, ignite the flame of joy within us that we might glow with its brilliance from the inside out. Help us face the silence of unknowing and embrace it as the pregnant pause before joyful new beginnings. You are invited to light your Advent Three candle, the candle of joy at this time. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings along with a scripture reading and a message.
1: It shall be said, Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the High and Lofty One, who inhabits the eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, and also with those who are contrite and humble in spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite. For I will not continually accuse, nor will I always be angry. For then the spirits would grow faint before me, even the souls that I have made. Because of their wicked covetousness, I was angry. I struck them. I hid and was angry. But they kept turning back to their own ways. I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will lead them and repay them with comfort, creating for their mourners the fruit of the lips. Peace, peace, to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal them. This reading is from Luke chapter one, verses one to four and 26 to 56. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were witnesses and servants of the word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your, your cousin, Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her, who is said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked down with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her about three months, and then returned to her home.
2: There's a star in the East on Christmas morning. Rise up, shepherd and follow. It will lead to the place where the Savior was born. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Leave your sheep and leave.
0: presenting a musical piece that is among the most beloved pieces of our Epworth choir and congregation to fill our worship with music and our dark nights with the light of joy. What a gift this has been when we wondered how we would experience the soaring music of the season of Advent. Some of us have also been witnessing the power of music through the film series as we watch and discuss documentaries that open us to lives transformed by the presence of instrument and song. This week, we experience the soulful, honest, and joyful sounds of the musical group Sweet Honey and the Rock. Last week, we watched a documentary film that tells the story of one piece of music whose composer, Beethoven could never have imagined how it would ring out around the world as a testament to the undying spirit of people, an ode to joy. The documentary was called Following the Ninth and it tells the story of Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, created when the aging and deaf Beethoven himself could not hear it at all. His silence was transformed into echoes through the ages, as this music was used in protest marches against evil dictators and as hope in the midst of a natural disaster in Japan, a tsunami. If you haven't yet had a chance to watch this film, I hope you will do so. For this moment, we share with you the heart of longing when times are dark and sorrows are present a yearning for God's presence to break through oppression and isolation. In our scripture from Isaiah, the words we hear God say are what we long for. Hear these words again. I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and reward them with comfort. And for those who mourn, I will create reason for praise. Utter prosperity to those far and near, and I will heal them, says the Lord. And in Mary's Magnificat from Luke, which we hear in our gospel reading today, we hear the same yearning for a God with us who will show mercy and lift up the lowly. Let's hear now as the choir sings one of our favorites, the yearning.
1: Will you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, may the
0: words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Okay, I have a confession to make to you this morning. I've been watching a video that is giving me an inordinate amount of joy. It's a video of two cats who've been trained to ask for a treat, or maybe it's the person who's been trained to give continuous treats to the two cats, this person played by a disembodied hand. In any case, I laugh almost every time I watch it. I laugh hard. And since I've confessed, I think it's only right that I share this video with you. Here it is. funny. I'm wondering if any of you have your favorite funny animal videos. And it turns out this doesn't even need to be a confession, because doing things like watching funny animal videos creates in us what researchers very aptly call positive emotions. Sonia Lubomirsky, chair of the psychology department at UC Riverside, says positive emotions, which include hope, love, and joy are essential for humans and can neutralize negative emotions such as fear and anger and disappointment. Positive emotions can help us get started on a task we're dreading, help us to be creative, and to get out of a narrow mindset to look at the big picture. We need this kind of joy, that momentary jolt of positive emotion, that release of serotonin, that through laughter and connection. It's no wonder that a Google search on happy animal videos returns two trillion videos. Trillion! Joy is the focus of the third week of Advent. There are many different kinds of joy, There's the kind of joy we get from watching something funny or doing something entertaining. And there's the kind of joy that is often associated with the commercial Christmas season, that kind of hallmark movie joy where where the story goes as planned. Disappointment or sadness is fleeting. And in the end, everyone gets what they want, including their desired love interest. And they all live happily ever after in a nice, big, beautifully furnished house where someone else has done the dishes. That kind of joy, that version is supported by a version of Christmas that says we can get the joy in the picture by consuming. And that kind of, that kind of message, that kind of picture is actually a, a little easier this year to not be consumed by. Because we aren't out and about, we're not being bombarded with flashing light messages that equate joy with consumption. And so it's a little easier to stand aside and see what induces real joy and what does not. And that, in spite of the darknesses and challenges we're facing this year, can actually be a good thing. We have this phrase holiday cheer What do you think of when I say holiday cheer? There's a part of the concept of holiday cheer that we are missing this year, the gathering, the getting together with friends and loved ones. And holiday cheer can also often translate into drinking alcohol and partaking of delicious sweets and other wonderful things to eat. All of these things in moderation can be good things. But sometimes we find, in an attempt to really be filled up, we drink too much alcohol, we eat too many delicious sweets or other other things, and we move from holiday cheer to holiday excess, which is also a thing. Our holiday cheer crosses a line where it doesn't produce joy, but rather pain and suffering or just nagging regret. Why is this? Why do we do this excess, this holiday excess? Well, I don't believe that it's just a case of too much of a good thing in the holiday season. I believe we drink too much or eat too much or overdo or buy or consume too much because we all have a yearning inside of us, a space that we are trying to fill. And we're bombarded with messages that suggest all sorts of ways to fill this space. Now, don't get me wrong. This space inside of us doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us or that we are lacking as human beings. No, I believe this is how we were created because this space, this longing can only be filled with one thing with God There is no other God but God, no other sense of presence that is like the presence of Emmanuel, how much we would want to make other things God. There is no other God, no other transcendence like the soaring of our spirit at one with the Holy Spirit. But incomprehensibly, we often choose not to fill that God-sized emptiness with God and instead choose substitutes that can approximate transcendence for a while, but always dissipate and leave that same hole unfilled. And when we go back to that substitute, we can sometimes use more and more, trying to make sure the feeling and the filling doesn't dissipate this time, trying to ensure that the transcendence lasts. But it won't last. Because whatever the substitute is, it's not God. And this cycle of returning again and again to a substitute is what can result in addiction. Through all of our yearning and striving, God is trying to get through to us, to break through into our lives. But we can be so distracted with other things that we can miss it or scarcely believe it. In our scripture today from Luke, we hear again Mary's response to the news from the angel Gabriel saying she would be the God-bearer. She says, how can this be? And then she says, let it be with me according to your will. Now some have critiqued Mary's response, calling it disempowered or submissive. But this is because they imagine that Mary is saying yes to something other than God. This isn't Mary saying yes to distractions or consumptions or other people asking her to do this or that. She's saying yes to being filled with God. Often we focus on the literalness of Mary and her story in Advent, that she was a young teen, that she became physically pregnant, that she was a virgin. All of these are important details. But what if we shifted our focus to Mary fully as exemplar and symbol of the relationship between all of humanity and God? A womb is a creative space. It's a symbol of a creative space. And again, laying aside what it literally does, let's think about it more as a symbol for all of humanity. To fill a creative space, we need imagination, generativity, honesty, risk, openness. It's a waiting space. It's a space that longs for God. We all have this space inside of us. Men, women, differently gendered, All of us have this space that God asks us continually to let God fill. But for the fullness to come to fruition, God's yes must be met with our yes. And it is through that yes, our yes, that our yearning is filled, that our desiring is responded to, that the hopes and fears of all the years are met. It is in that, yes, in our decision to be filled, not with things, but with God, that we find joy. What a surprise. After all of this acquiring and consuming, the answer all along has been in surrendering, in saying, as Mary did, let it be with me according to your will. This is a tough time to talk about joy. Many are experiencing more of the longing than the sense of being filled right now. The words of the anthem we just heard from the choir resonate deeply with us. Hear those words again. There is a yearning in hearts weighed down by ancient grief and centuries of sorrow. There is a yearning in hearts that in the darkness hide and in the shades of Death abide, a yearning for tomorrow. There is a yearning, a yearning for the promised one, the firstborn of creation. There is a yearning that fills the hearts of those who wait with the day of his appearing. There is a yearning when all our sorrows are erased and we shall see the one who placed within our hearts the yearning. But as we wait and await the promised coming of Emmanuel, let us not forget that we know our yearning will be met. We who live in the blessing of Christian community know that this light abides. This space, while maybe feeling empty now, will be filled. Emmanuel is coming and has come. I believe in joy because I know my yearning will be met. Amen. Have a great week. pick up this week's candle and prepare to take it to reside in the Advent wreath, hold it high for the benediction, and now hear these words as we go out from this place. We wait for justice, but we do not wait to work for change. We wait for restored health, but we do not wait to work for healing. We wait for wholeness, but we do not wait to work at binding brokenness. We wait for peace, but we do not wait to work to eliminate hatred. And so, my friends, like bells ringing out the news that God is ever-present with us, fill the night left by sadness with messages of joy. Go into your lives humming the tunes that keep that joy alive in you and that spur you on in your work of justice and reconciliation. Raise your voices and repeat after me. Be with joy. Be with joy.